0: So if you're a sports geek, just like I am, you would have thoroughly enjoyed this past Sunday as it was just for you. We had the Australian Open men's singles finals between Yannick Sinner, who won his first Grand Slam against uh, Daniel Medvedev. We also had two test matches entering their climax on the fourth day, which happened to be the Sunday as well. We had England beating India in India in Hyderabad, in in the, in the Hyderabad test, which will be remembered for a long time now because England conceded a deficit of 190 runs in the first innings and then to come back from that after a fantastic batting display from Ollie Pope, 196, to guide England to through to a 28-run victory. That gets them 1-0 up in this five-test match series. Also, at the Brisbane in Gabba. We witnessed West Indies beating Australia in Australia after 27 years. Amazing scenes there, and the limelight was thoroughly on Shamar Joseph, who came up and inspired them with the bowling figures of 7 for 68 in 11 overs. What an amazing performance by the young West Indian who hails from Guyana. But we are not going to talk about all these things. We're not going to talk about the Royal Rumble as well, which was also on Sunday. But we will be taking a look at what happened at Liverpool as Jurgen Klopp has finally announced that he will be leaving the club after nine years in charge. It was a shock. Let's be honest, it took us all by surprise after seeing Jurgen Klopp in that video posted by Liverpool Football Club that he will be leaving the job after nine years in charge. And not just him, everyone from the back backroom staff, everyone, in George Smatka, who's the director of football right now, who he is d- dealing with transfers currently, he will also be leaving the job uh, after at, at the end of this month. He won't be waiting till the summer all these other guys. Pep Linders is also going to leave the job. We'll talk about this entire spectrum a bit later. We'll talk about who are the worthy candidates to take over from Jurgen Klopp next season. But, yeah, certainly we'll have to focus currently on Jurgen Klopp and how this entire situation unfolded. You know, sometimes we do disconnect with the human aspect of a footballing manager's job and, you know, it is the narrative or it is the mirage or it is the image that we get from a football manager. If you look at people like Jose Mourinho or Antonio Conte, just naming a few of those guys here, you know, we get the image of a macho man, of an alpha male who is the leader of the pack, who is like the bread earner of the house, who cannot, you know, bend down or he cannot, you know, he he, ca- he cannot... Lay down his tools until un, until he's done until he's got nothing to play with, and you know you, we we get that sort of a feeling with the football manager that he is that kind of a guy he is, the alpha male of that particular institution and you know we do not imagine him to have a human side to have a very much a to, to, to have a human angle as to get breaking down get 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 running out of steam and that's, that's what happens with Jurgen Klopp, and it's it's not like anyone's complaining about it. No one, I have not seen a single soul uh, who is a Liverpool fan or is not a Liverpool fan. Everyone respects Jurgen Klopp for what he's done at Liverpool. Nobody's going to question his, uh, his decision to leave at the end of the season. Yes, he signed a contract which will take him towards 2026, so he would have had two more seasons under his belt at Liverpool, but he's chosen to... Uh, who the seat after the end of next season at the end of this season actually so this is going to be it's going to be fun four months now for liverpool football fans and uh of course for everyone they're in the midst of a title race they can be uh the carabao cup champions they're in the finals against chelsea uh they are in the last 16 of the fa cup and also they will be uh they will be contesting for the Europa League title. So let's see where it takes them. But of course, they are primarily, currently they are in race to at least win two trophies, uh, if all that's worth. But uh, yeah, as, as we look forward to, as we project forward, or, it, or say, for example, as we just project around us for Jurgen Klopp, it's, it's, it's been quite the story, it's been quite the form uh, share that's been dropped. up. And you need to, you know, you need to, Commend Liverpool for the job they did. It's apparently uh, Jurgen Klopp said to the club in in November. He, he let Liverpool know that he was not going to com- he, he was not going to continue with the job next season. So that's good from Liverpool to actually keep this entire thing confidential because they actually first of all they owe it to Jurgen Klopp for what he's done for this club and also uh, given the fact that. You know, these days with social media and the networks that a lot of journalists have around the world, you would think that this this is something that could have easily caught fire with the journalist line. And every single uh, news reporter out there, even they were taken by surprise. So it's it's a fantastic job that they've done to keep this entire thing discreet. Um, but yeah, it, it, we talk about this. Jurgen Klopp. There might be a few. When I first heard this, uh, this this story unfold, I thought there might be a few factors coming into this. One being that maybe there is a health concern with him or his wife or something like that. Uh, second of all, he is fed up with the entire, uh, with the entire FSG thing because there's not a lot of money being pumped into Liverpool, as compared to Man City. They'll have to sell a few players and then buy it. It's it's an absolute trade. Uh, uh i mean you you could say it's it's kind of a trade sort of thing which which happens here but anyways it, uh, it's uh you look at it when you're fighting a machine a financial uh, money pumping machine like man city are are you going to compete with them on that level i highly doubt so with the finances that fsg have so maybe he was getting tired of it maybe there is that genuine reason of of, of a human element that, you know, I've done what I could do with this job and I don't want to see this team regress more under Wywatch. And I think that's, that's fair enough. You've built a legacy for yourself. You've built a name for yourself. And let's be honest, even last season when they were struggling so badly, I mean, the, season, the COVID season, everyone can actually, can actually make peace with it because he had no central defenders to, to play with. This season, the last season, he had central defenders. The, the thing was that the midfield was getting old. The midfield had lost, his, lost their legs, and that's that's very important. That's fundamentally very important for Jurgen Klopp. that they need to have legs in the midfield, so that they can uh, inject their press into the front players. So I think that was a, that was a big mechanical problem there as well. And when you when you look at what he's done, he's revamped the midfield. He's got a few players in who know. About the Premier League, you know about playing in Europe as well, in Dominic Zebosla. So he's got, got he's got a few core group of players now ready for the next five or six years for the next manager to take into. So I think there is there is that sort of belief in in every single Liverpool fan that he will turn the tables around, and he's done uh, a fantastic job so far this season. He's just lost one game, a mere game this season, and that was away to away to Tottenham, and that too was. Marred with conspiracy theories about how the ref led, how everything went about with the offside goal from Luis Diaz and stuff like that. So there has been a lot of uh, a lot of groundwork into this, but you you would think at the end of the day, Jurgen Klopp is entitled to make his own decision. I think everyone should respect what Jurgen Klopp um, what Jurgen Klopp has achieved with this football club, and again, you know it it seems like this is the end of the era. You you could see the rumours coming from Saudi Arabia that they're going to come back again for Mo Salah. They're going to make an offer for him uh, at, at the table at Liverpool. Uh, you also look at Virgil van Dijk making those statements that he does not know that he's going to see this transition from uh, from this phase to the next phase when the next manager takes over. So there is that cloud as well. See, uh, guys like Henderson's moved on, Milner's moved on. You have got still a co group of players. I can see Robertson sticking around. There is Trent around. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with, uh, with with guys like uh, who's the other one, Allison and stuff. I mean, yeah, Allison's still around. So there might be a few players who who have that culture in there who've seen a lot of uh, Jurgen Klopp's success, and they might take over the next generation of of players for the next five or six years but well, anyways it might just be the end of the era you've seen Michael Edwards move away you've seen Ian Graham move away who was who was again a very good technical expert in terms of manoeuvring the data around to recruit players from around the world so all these things taken into consideration you would think that this is the end of the era this is the end of a cycle that Liverpool fans have really enjoyed they still have a lot to look forward to this season so there, there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of narrative around this entire situation, but the thing is that Jurgen Klopp and uh, his team have made a decision, and I think we, I think everyone should respect it. Uh, as far as uh, we talked about this human element, there is also the sporting element uh, related to this, and uh, of course, uh, after the end of the season, there will be candidates lining up to take this Liverpool job. It's a very lucrative job, and there are a few names that have been thrown up. One is Julian Nagelsmann, which I think could be a very good option. Second one is Thomas Tuchel. Maybe this season at Bayern Munich, we're going to see the end of it. I don't really see Bayern sticking with Thomas Tuchel after the end of this season. Next season, it doesn't make sense to go with Thomas Tuchel. The game against Augsburg at the Bavarian derby, that was a car crash. I don't know how they managed to get 2-3, but I mean, again, that there were, there were a lot of VAR decisions in that game, and Although everything was in the right, it was a right decision by the VAR. You would think that there was not a good game from Thomas Tuchel at Bayern. Munich. So Thomas Tuchel is not doing himself any favors at Bayern. Munich. So he's another candidate. Julian Nagelsmann is another candidate. Um, there are rumors about uh, Xabi Alonso. He's been asked vigorously uh, in the press conferences at Bayern Leverkusen that is he going to be uh, next uh, Liverpool manager? And he's firmly said that he is now concentrating on Bayern Leverkusen only. You would think again. You should not be, you know, flirting with other candidates right now because one thing is that you owe Klopp that, and so if the players know who the next manager is, there might be a certain amount of uh, there might be a cloud over their heads. I mean, what are they going to do this season? What's what's going to come up next season? How do I prepare for next season? And this, that, and the other. So I think you owe it to Klopp to not really uh, fidget with this thing, with these things, and. uh, Again, with, with guys like Xabi Alonso, you, you would think that it's in the best interest of everyone to actually not go for a manager right now, there and there. So just just let it run with. And of course, there will be also a need to appoint a, a, a certain sporting director, which I think will be the right way to go forward with this. First, you, sign a, uh, you, you do uh, sign a new uh, sporting director, whoever it may be, Mike Ashley, not Mike Ashley, but anyone, Paul Ashworth, or anyone, anyone you want, of course, uh, not Paul Ashworth, but I'm just throwing out names, of course. Um, there is also uh, the the narrative that, you know, the FSG or, or whatever the, the name of that uh, of that organization is, they have put the club up for sale. So some of the Qatari owners or someone just picks it up and drives the investment through, you would think that this might be a completely New uh, Liverpool side that might just enter the field next year. You know, there might be an absolute revamp from top to bottom for, for this football club, and that might just be beneficial for everyone. So, as I said, you, 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 would, you would also go that way, and maybe uh, guys like John W. Henry start to look for another investors or look for other parties to sell this, uh, this football club to. And of course, with the work that Jurgen Klopp's done. It is a very lucrative, uh, lucrative offer. It's not like Manchester United, where you know that you know this is going to end up just one way, and that's going to be downward. It's 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 all going downward spiral. So, it it's it's not like that. You you would have leverage over discussions, and you would get a greater amount for what what it's worth. And I think that could be a way. That that could be another possibility as well. So we'll have to see how. How the how everything fits around. So as 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 I know for now, there are just a few candidates who are being linked to the job. Hansi Flick is one of them as well. I think if you need a seamless transition, you could always have Pep Linders in there, and you would say to Pep Linders, "You know what? You want to pursue your own managerial career? Let Jurgen Klopp go. You might stay there again. There, there might be that loyalty uh, that that loyalty factor coming in for Jurgen Klopp and. He would think that, of, of course. I mean, he 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 spent so many years under Jurgen Klopp. So would that be the right thing to do to actually take over from Jurgen Klopp? I I, I don't think there is a wrong answer here or a right answer here. So I I'd, I'd leave that to speculation. But anyways, it's. Uh, it's a lucrative job. You, n- no one's going to deny this. No, no one's absolutely no one's going to deny this. This is the one of the most lucrative jobs that might be available after the end of next. Not might be, but will be available after the end of next season. I still think Xabi Alonso, if he wins Bundesliga, I think there is no reason for him to stay around at Bayer Leverkusen because a lot of his players are going to be shipped off. Florian Vets, Jeremy Frimpong, they're already going to go. I, I can guarantee that Jeremy Frimpong's going to go. Florian Virts is also going to go. You would think that Tapsoba will leave as well. There is rumours about Piero Incapia also being linked to a lot of English clubs. You're going to get a lot of players shipped off from that team, and it's going to be rebuilt again from this entire thing. But Victor Boniface again, someone who might be linked to another, a few more clubs. So there are a lot of players who might be shipped off from uh, from that team. Is Palacio Palacios one of uh, one of the most brilliant midfielders for this from this season he might be in line for a move away from away from germany as well so who knows what is in store for Bar-Leverkusen. if he wins the bundesliga it's it's in everybody's interest to actually move on um but yeah it's uh, it's it's been a great storyline to follow and we will be following it some more as as it enters into the final few days as far as the game goes uh, between liverpool and norwich it was it was not a best time for norwich to enter anfield it was uh Again, a very one-sided game in many ways. Norwich did give up a fight. They scored two goals, but again, it was not good enough. Uh, Darwin Nunez getting himself a goal. It was a very, very good goal, uh, by the way, by Darwin Nunez. Uh, also, Gravenberg getting the fifth. And oh, I mean, it was a great game of football. If you're a Liverpool fan, uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. They're going to face Watford in the next round of the FA Cup. They have uh, Chelsea coming up next in the... Uh, in the Premier League, that will be interesting to see at Anfield as well. Uh, there, are, there are a few things that you would think that these that this month has really uh, shown up to Liverpool, that you have to play Jota, you have to play Nunez in a way that they can service each other up. And they've done pretty well. Luis Diaz will come back and give that dynamism on that wide hand, wide side, whether it's right or left. And the midfield's working pretty fine as well now, so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, by the way, uh, Mo Salah has been injured, and Egypt are out of the Afcon, so he's going to be remaining uh, in Liverpool. So let's see how how things pan out there. But as far as Klopp goes, it's been a fantastic ride. It really has been one fantastic, fantastic ride. So from one manager to another manager who is leaving after the end of this current season, Xavi Hernandez, after his uh, side lost to Villarreal at the Monjuic, announced in his post-match press conference that he will not continue as the manager of Football Club Barcelona for next season. He will be managing until the end of this season, though, so that means they're still in the running for the Champions League, where they will face Napoli in the round of 16. But... uh, well, if the performances are anything to go by this season, you would think that that is a mere, what do you say, a mere formality until they get eliminated from that competition as well because you don't see them being at the same table currently as teams like Arsenal or you would say Real Madrid, Man City or even Bayern Munich are struggling badly this season. They're not at the in the, in the same stratosphere right now. So if you would think that this is just kind of a... A glimmer of hope that, you know, Barcelona can have to go through to the next round or do anything in this competition. But yeah, you would would think, I mean, if they get an easy draw in the quarterfinals, they can reach the semifinals and you would say that that could be a kind of a success. But then again, they have not won a trophy yet. They're not in contention for La Liga. They're 10 points behind Real Madrid. They at the 10 points behind Real Madrid at this point in the season. They have to go to the Bernabeu. They have to go to the Metropolitano to play Atletico Madrid. They have to go away to Girona as well. Uh, so it's it's going to be very tough for Barcelona this season in La Liga. They have been knocked out in the Copa del Rey by Atlético Club de Bilbao. Uh, of course, we all saw what, how it unfolded in the Spanish Super Cup. So... There are a lot of things that have gone wrong. The performances have regressed. They were not pretty good last season as well when they won La Liga. And I've repeatedly been pointing this out that they were not that good. It's just a mirage that you would say. I mean, one-third of their victories last year were 1-0 victories. And it's not like they were keeping clean sheets after clean sheets. That was not comprehensive defensive performances. Those were down to uh, Marcandre andre being being who he was. It was just... Like a superhuman coming up every single time, coming up clutch every single time uh, and uh, saving the backsides off because there were so many games where they should have uh, conceded goals. There were so many games even this season, they should have lost games. Games like the Alaves, games against Villarreal. The first game at the Estadio de la Ceramica, they, they, they won it by four goals to three, if I'm not wrong. Some brilliant goals in that game as well from Solod, from Alex Baena, from Gavi as well. So, I mean, I don't want to go into that detail into that game, but as I said, you know there were there were a few goals in that game as well. But they conceded so much in Again, game against Tavigo, Where I repeatedly have pointed this out, Iago Aspas was so good in that game against Alaves. Against so many so many games this season, even against Porto, they lost against Shakhtar. But yeah, against both the games against Porto, they were badly outplayed in the game. Uh, uh, even against Athletic Club de Bilbao in the first game against Almeria, they were hanging on. So many games that were not really convincing, even against Las Palmas. They're the the only team, apart from Real Madrid, which they achieved this season. Las Palmas have only lost to two teams this season at home. One is Real Madrid and one is Barcelona. Real Madrid happened this weekend. Barcelona, that was game, again, very, very close. They were very lucky to beat Las Palmas as well. So there have been so many games where they have not looked convincing. They have not looked right uh, onto the eye. And... For a club like Barcelona, who's so much obsessed with the identity, who's so much obsessed with the style of play, dating back to the days of Johan Cruyff and then uh, Frank Rijkaard and then came uh, even even into the days of Louis van Halen, uh, uh, then it seeped into the identity more so with guys like Pep Guardiola, even Tata Martino to a certain extent, and then, of course, Luis Enrique, and then it kind of got distorted with Ernesto Valverde coming in. But uh, there is that sense of... Uh, that, that sense of, you know, untidiness with, with the way Xavi plays his football with. But then there is that cer- certain perception of people who think about Xavi as uh, as, as the guy. It's not a perception, uh, to be honest, it's not the right word to say, but what do you say? It's, it's, it's a certain acceptance about people with Xavi. When he came into Barcelona as the manager, he was someone who was at the heart of Barcelona's best ever midfield or let's say for some people, the best ever midfield that the world has ever seen. It's personally not for me, but for the world has ever seen. With Xavi Busquets and Iniesta, he was leader of that pack. He was the guy who was the heart of that midfield. He was the guy who was pulling up strings in that midfield. He's the guy who's who's learned a lot from guys like Luis Enrique and Pep Guardiola. He comes from the academy itself. So you would think that he, he is, by the way, he is Catalan. He is not from any other region in Spain. So this entire institution to him becomes foreign. It's not like that. It he is Catalan. He is of that same he is of that mold that Barcelona want him to be. And for him to manage Barcelona, it is like a boyhood dream come true. He captained Barcelona. He's he is coming from their academy itself and he is the man who served his entire professional career or to be honest, all of his relevant professional career as a Barcelona player. So you would think that this entire team, this entire institution means a lot to him. But for some reason or not, he, this has not worked out. Maybe it's him. Maybe he's not competent enough. Or This is maybe a very harsh word here. But what I think about this is maybe he's not competent enough. And again, the thing that, you know, they won the league title last year. It, it's, it's got a lot to do with Real Madrid not helping Carlo Ancelotti with the squad building, being more obsessed with uh, with with the fact that they 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 wanted to go with Kylian Mbappe and in turn they really neglected the entire sporting side of it but of course there has to be that sort of acceptance that you know Xavi will be the guy who who in many ways would really would like to build up from uh, from from a certain from a certain league title triumph which which has not happened. The team has regressed. It it has been pathetic. They've, Although they've lost, what, four or five, I don't know how many games. They've lost three games in the league so far. One's been to Girona, one's been to VRL, and one's been to Atletico Madrid. They've lost against Shakhtar in the Champions League. They've lost against Antwerp in the Champions League. That's five. Then they've lost to Athletic Club de Bilbao, and they've lost to Real Madrid in the Spanish Super Cup. That's seven games that they've lost. They could have lost many more, but they have not. They've drawn... Maybe five in the league, so that's acceptable. So seven losses this season—that's that's, that's quite a handful to handle. And we're still not over January. So the football, as I said, the style of play—they're very much obsessed with it. It's not like Real Madrid that you can play anyway, and then you could just hang on to the results and the performances don't really matter. And the mindset of the players here at Real Madrid is so that is such that you know they will build up on some scrappy 1-0 victories and then come up with their own selves and they will have a run of games where they're looking so convincing. The fact that with Barcelona, you're always going to be questioned about your style of play, you're always going to be questioned about how the principles are ingrained into these players because there is a sort of acceptance with these pa- with, with these players that they will resemble the identity that is coming up from, uh, from their past, the, the identity that is... Coming up for players like Javi, instantaneously, because he was someone who 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 really was a principal orientator of what this identity is. He's constantly going to be talking about what the cryof identity is, what Pep Guardiola instilled in in him as well. So there is that sort of there is that sort of you know inevitability that you would accept from a certain Xavi Hernandez that there there has to be a a sort of uh there there should not be a void in uh a void in some in in some sense of 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 lack of uh what do you say a lack of beautiful football as they call it in spain so i i don't know what what the what the current situation forced him to get down to these uh get down to these uh footballing patterns was but but these are mainly those factors into what what, what the entire media seeped into, and this just culminated into this whole barrage of questions being, answered, well, be, being asked to him when the results went south. Um, of course, there is also a lot to go into this, because constantly, in his press, was saying that the team needs a change of dynamic. When you say that they need a change of dynamic, you know that they have just one trophy to play for this season. So, wouldn't it be in everybody's interest to actually leave the club now so they can get someone they need? Maybe Rafa Márquez, maybe you can have your compensation ahead with Joan Laporta because, of course, they don't have money to show in their bank accounts, but they do have money. They're not broke but they do not have money to show in the bank account. So you can make an adjustment anywhere with John Laporta and say, you know what, you, you, might, you might compensate me after, you know, say, for X number of years. You could give my family that money after of that. You can donate it in charity or do something that you might like with that. But the thing is that why not leave the club right now? Why wait till the end of the season? Two things happen with this. You say that there, is a, there needs to be a change in dynamic. You get that change in dynamic. The second thing is, you still have that one trophy to play, and if they get knocked out from that trophy as well, you give the manager that time to build up with these players so that he can, in turn, make those choices, those decisions that he needs to take. If he does not want Lewandowski, you can ship him off because he's only going to have one year left on his deal. If you don't want players like Christensen or Kunde, you think he's trash, you can just wipe him out and then start afresh. You can make those decisions right now and they can act in the summer in the transfer window, although they don't have any money. So you can make those decisions right now. If you don't need Rafinha, just say to him right now, don't read Rafinha. You make that manager being used to, these, used to these, these these group of players. So that can really help the the new manager coming in. But the thing is that he's still staying around. So maybe this is a massive political Move played by Jean Laporta, wherein he says to Xavi, "You know what? You make this announcement. Anyways, if if this keeps on, if if this keeps on growing up, you would say that you it's it's not a good look for any of us because you're a club legend and I've appointed you, and this has all gone wrong under my watch, and I was supposed to be that messiah who just completely changes things after uh, the car crash that the club has had financially with with uh, Josep Maria Bartomeu. So." Let's say, for example, you, you you make this announcement. You say that you're going to be around till the end of the season. So, two things happen. One thing is that people will sympathise with you; that everything's been wrong with you. The other thing is that I don't have to compensate you that uh, for for the end of uh, for for what it for, for what it's worth, because it's not like we have fired you. We've had a mutual discussion, and we we decided to part ways. You're not being sacked, so your image. ...in the uh, wider prospect at Barcelona... It won't be really tarnished at that... ...and the other thing is... ...say for example you've been given a buffer here... ...and the buffer is until the end of the season... So ...say for example you get us top four... ...and also in doing that top four... ...you get us somewhere around the semi-finals... ...of the Champions League and then... ...who knows what could happen... ...it's anybody's guess... ...it takes one game... ...it takes one good game... ...to get into the finals... ...and the one-off game you never know... ...say for example we win the Champions League... ...just like it happened with Luis Enrique in 2015... Nobody was happy with Luis Enrique, nothing was going right. They won the league, they won the Copa del Rey, they won the Champions League, and guess what happened? Guess what happened? Everybody stayed. Everybody stayed, and that's the same narrative that we can actually cultivate here. You win the Champions League this season, which is a long shot, which is very unlikely. You win the Champions League, and say, for example... Everybody everybody calms down. Everybody just forgets about what happened in January. Everybody just forgets about the league, just forgets about the Copa del Rey and the Spanish Super Cup. And we all live in peace and get to continue next season. Nobody will question that you have actually uh, earned the right to reverse a decision. Or anyways, say for example, even if you leave, even if you stay by your word, nobody will ever question that, you know what? He left us in a very, very good space than we were before, in, in a very good phase than we were before. Let's be honest, we are all winning here. It, it looks like a very much a political move, as much as I would hate to think so. It is very likely that this is a political move actually, you know, cultivated or actually strategized by the likes of Josep Maria Bartomeu, not Bartomeu, but um, by Jean Laporta. Then again, uh, you would think, uh, what about the the background with it? The fact is that Xavi Hernández was not the first choice of Jean Laporta. Jean Laporta is someone who is a politician who has seen these things before, who is someone who's very much obsessed with the idea of becoming Real Madrid of be- or becoming the or becoming a personality like Florentino Perez is. And by that meaning, I would I, I'm, I'm trying to. Create the narrative that he wanted to become someone who is the one shining, uh, or, or, or is the, is someone who is giving those shiny toys to these Barcelona uh, Barcelona fans. But he is giving those big names, the holy names that they would like to see there. There are a few rumors that he wanted guys like Hansi Flick when he was uh, he was leaving Bayern. There was there were rumors about him leaving Bayern, so he wanted guys like Hansi Flick there. He wanted guys like Thomas Tuchel when he was uh, when when things went south with Chelsea um, not south, but when the season ended and Roman Abramovich was leaving he wanted Thomas Tuchel as well he would like to entertain the thought that Jurgen Klopp might be a very good option but Jurgen Klopp has publicly said that he won't be uh, managing any team or any country for the next one year, so he's going to take a sabbatical for that for that period of time but there is again this this entire narrative that comes around that he was not his choice. He was the choice of Victor Font, who was uh running against Jean Laporta in that pre- presidential elections. And um and, and yes, you know, there there is that sort of acceptance right now that, you know, with everything that has gone wrong, if you look at the names, it's it's been nine administrative changes that have happened in uh in, in the boardroom of Barcelona since Jean Laporta's come in. So Maybe there is a sense that you know nobody's really happy working with Jean Laporte. Or maybe there is something that he is making it look so very weird. Of course, Deco is someone who is Jean Laporte's choice, but Deco is not the choice. is is not the person that Xavi would have liked to work with. Given the fact that, of course, there are links with Georges Mendes, and you can make out the ex, uh, make out the loan move of Ansu Fati. You can make out uh, players like uh, uh the likes of. Um, Joao Cancelo and Joao Felix coming into coming into the fray. There are players who are actually signing up with George Mendes in Barcelona. There are players that are actually signing up with George Mendes as their agent. So there is all that circus that comes up with that guy there. And of course, Javi wouldn't have would have would have, wouldn't have liked to work with that guy. But of course, he has got very good relations with Joan Laporta so these these are all dynamics that come into play there are all dynamics leading up to the boardroom and of course if you look at it the the constant questioning of him the constant criticism of him saying that he does not want to work here because there is a lot of criticism there is a lot of say for example there is a lot of uh, what do you say um, a, a churning of what is not really right in front of him that he has been trying he's been, try, he's been he's been made to realize it time and again and that i think that's that he he's been fed up of everything about that so of course there is uh it's 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 a bit sad in in many ways because a lot of barcelona players and barcelona ex players or you would say a barcelona uh fans would have loved to see uh, xavi thrive at barcelona but it's not to be a lot has to do with uh, a lot has to do with his own doings because he's not helped himself as well He's a bit stubborn, you would say. He, he's always been stubborn, not just as a manager, but also as a player. Uh, he's always been the guy like, it's my way or the highway type of a guy, because he's always believed in himself. And I think there's nothing wrong with it. He's always entitled to do so. But, you know, he, he does not seem to me that that's no sort of jolly person that you would always have by your side. But again, that's got that's got very little to do with this. The, the, res, the results have not been the same. He has very much regressed the team in many situations as well. I don't believe there is any optimism in Barcelona. Or well, again, let's let's project forward. What what could this be? Um, uh, what what could this mean to the entire squad? For example, right now there are two possibilities. This could go from bad to worse. They could get eliminated by Napoli itself, which I think is a very long shot. Nap- For all it's worth, Barcelona are a better team than Napoli right now. Napoli are going through a terrible, terrible time. They're going through a torrid time. Of course, they drew against Lazio at the weekend, but uh, they're not good enough. Napoli are not just good. They have they have fallen off a cliff since last year, since Luciano Spalletti is left. Of course, they've uh, they've, they've lost Luka Modric, they've lost Kim Min but they've got a majority of the core that won the, that won them the league last year. So Napoli shouldn't ha- shouldn't be a problem. But if they're losing in Napoli, the entire narrative again goes to truth. So then again, you can actually exercise that uh, that option to actually give someone like a Rafa Marquez the job. If you look at him as a long term prospect, you can give Rafa Marquez the job and then say, for example. You know what, Rafa? You've got the job for now. You have got ten, twelve league games to go. Just manage your way through. Make sure we get into the top four, and then you know what we might make you permanent. And then you might give us a list of players that you think are good enough, or or compa- not compatible, or maybe competent enough to play for this cr- for, to to play for this club, to play for uh, this institution. And then we might see what can happen. But say, for example, if this if this entire press conference is engineered a sort of you know what we we don't have to prove it to him we can just play it for ourselves and just help the manager and say for example if if we get into the deep ends of the champions league you know anything can happen and so he's already made his decision up it's it's very unlikely that he can change this now because it's made so very public and it's like a bombshell so let's say for example we win everything it it, it works in our own interest. So let's say, you know, we, the, thing that, the, the thing that has been circulated around for the past one month that he's lost a dressing room. So he might have lost a dressing room, he might have lost the, the veteran vice, because the younger ones, or say, for example, the ones who've been here for two or three years right now, Frankie de Jong, look at uh, guys like uh, Araujo, they've firmly stood by him and they've said that, you know what? He is the guy that we look up to. He is the guy that we want to be the our manager for next season. So that's been the case. So it's it's not like it's uh, it's completely seeped into. So 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 some of the players that he's lost in the dressing room. So they're not going re- to they've, they've they've reached the output of what they were looking for. The the outcome has been achieved. He is not going to be the manager next season. So let's say you you would think that you know, he can still go through and uh, that you could still ride behind him and say, for example, you can work for yourself as well. The, the season's not lost yet. There might be some optimism. Maybe that that's something that I would suggest these players to do, but of course, there is going to be that same narrative and coming, coming together of uh, this might just disintegrate so very quickly and, again, they could also fall off a cliff just like Napoli have done. So, the end is nigh, of course, but there is still some optimism, if you ask me. Um, but then again, if you look at, if you look in the deep ends of this press conference itself, Xavi constantly is talking about the pressure that comes up with uh, managing Barcelona, and it's not foreign to anyone that these jobs, especially Real Madrid and Barcelona, with the media attention that they have, they will have a lot of eyeballs. They will have a lot of criticism if you don't do that well. So I don't understand where this, where this, uh, where, the, where the subject of being a bit friendly with someone, who in many ways has his entire life cut out at Barcelona, it, this club means everything to him. As much as I, as much as I don't like Barcelona, I don't like Xavi enough because of his past with Barcelona as a player. I, I, it's not like I have a personal rivalry. It's it's just like I do not like him because he's Barcelona player. That's the only reason that I don't like him. So, it's it's like, you know, it, you 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 cannot help but think that this means a lot to him. And when he thinks that this is a burden, there is something wrong from within. And that needs to be set up perfectly. Of course, John Laporta being there, he is a very difficult person to handle. He is a lawyer by profession. He is the president of your club. And he also happens to be a very good politician. So, he is someone who will ring around things, who will... Get get words and stuff into people, and then twist it around so he can actually base his own narrative about itself. But these things, in turn, do not these things, in turn, mess up with the mind of 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 an individual. And I think that's, I think, I think that is very problematic when you when you when you think about it in detail. So I would I would think I would help but think that this curtails into a very good situation for Xavi. I believe so, that he will be back someday as the manager of Barcelona again. We saw Frank Lampard be the manager of Chelsea again. So who's to say that Xavi won't be a manager of Barcelona again? It's plausible. It's completely plausible. So, well, let's see. Until the end of the season, this will be a very, very interesting period now for Xavi and for his team. But until then, it's anybody's guess how much they will regress. Or maybe there is a ray of optimism with this announcement that this could really turn out to be the the season that you know everyone looks forward to and looks back upon and sees, you know what, it was a very crazy one. Maybe that optimism helps them. Well yeah, we'll talk about this game uh between VRL and Barcelona I've actually forgot about it. Um, uh, this game, the first half was disgraceful. It, it was really disgraceful. On the back of the elimination at San Mames against Athletic Club de Bilbao, I thought that there might be a reaction, but the first half was was was, was toothless, was spineless. Villarreal had a goal disallowed in four or five minutes itself. Then again, uh, there was a goal scored by Alexander Soloth in the first... Oh, it was Gerard Moreno. I'm I'm not sure, but it was 1-0 in the first half. Then it was 2-0 by the 60th minute. Then they came back, goals from Gundogan, goals from Pedri... And an own goal from Eric Bay. It was a stupid own goal. I don't know what was going through his mind. But anyways, um, it was 3-2. It was old rosy. I thought Barcelona going to navigate through this entire pressure and go through and win by uh, by three goals to do. I mean, they were in, in massive trouble against Betis as well. Uh, they somehow managed to find a way through, but this one was different. They could not win this game. Uh, in the end, it was 3-3. Then it went... It, 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 there was a penalty decision, which was Undoubtedly, not a penalty. Xavi was uh, going to the manager, uh, going to the camera, and saying this is disgrace. It's not acceptable. Some, something like that. But then again, it was four two, four, three and five three in a matter of time. El Comandante Morales scoring the fifth goal. The fourth goal was a comedy of errors. I mean, that's disgraceful defending by araujo You can still uh, excuse guys like Kubarsi, and that's another big thing for Xavi. I, I, will, I will talk about this, but yeah, it was a, it was a big mistake by Cubarsi. Um But then again, you, Araujo should take a lot of the blame for it. Um, again, it was, it was a very very uh, good result for Villarreal at Marcelino, But uh, Xavi has lost uh, Barcelona lost a game against a 14 team side at, the, at, at at the Montjuïc. That that's not a good look, is it? so as i said before it's it's a, another positive that xavi's had in this team and he's given chances to a lot of youngsters in the team you look at lamini yamal you look at gavi who's had a very um constant run in the side you look at pedri who's had good opportunities Kubarsi is one of those guys victor roque is getting uh, good minutes under xavi as well so that's one good thing as well that's uh, that's come up with xavi I feel like I'm being a bit more sorry for someone who I absolutely did not like when he was playing, but then again, this is the nature of the sport. You have to be unbiased when you're doing stuff like what I'm doing right now. So, um, yeah, let's see where it where it, all, where it all leads to. As I said, this ray of optimism, it or oh, this might be pessimism from from the entire fan base. That the season's already gone to dust. Maybe we can get us through to the uh, to the, to the top 4 maybe it might be a top 5 which qualifies for the champions league who knows next season what could happen but athletic club de bilbao just 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 behind barcelona at this point in time so it will be a very interesting watch from now until the end of the season for this group of players and also for xavi hernandez so that's it from me for this today's podcast and uh, We'll see each other again next week if I get some time or maybe I will do a podcast just before the Champions League round of 16 games. I've been saying this for a long time right now. I don't know where I'm going to do the next podcast. As and when I get time, I will do the, my next podcast. But until then, um, be safe. Uh, but before that, I would like to tell you that you should be following me on Twitter. It is pod underscore O-T-T. W-E-E-K-L-Y-P-O-D underscore O-T-T. Be sure to follow me there. And also on my Instagram account, weekly.ott. Uh, you could just replace the dot with the underscore, and you can follow me on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, this was a host of my Matka. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Cheerio.